0: Geek number 19.
1: Brought to you live from the Curry Curry Aluminum Smelter in the Hunter Valley region of New South Wales in Australia. Beca- and being from there, we can help produce 164,000 metric tons of aluminum in 2006.
0: That's awesome. Do you know how much foil that is?
1: Three.
0: Okay, three. Hi, I'm your host, Pat.
1: And I am your other host, Craig. Craig. Definitely, you're our other host today. (laughs) Yes. Well, Pat, it's been years since our last Tweaking Geek has been recorded.
0: I know. It feels like it's been only minutes. It's unbelievable.
1: Hmm. I don't understand that. Well, our our audience
0: probably actually doesn't get that joke. So in order to keep the Tweaking Geeks rolling, we just like talk until we're sick of each other now and we record a couple episodes at a time.
1: We talk until we're sick of each other, or until Pat starts making sense. <laughs> so it usually goes till we're sick of each other. Yeah, I hate you. Yeah, I know, Pat. I know it's it's it. <laughs> 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 but but it's all about. I don't know. I was going to make some bad joke, but I couldn't think of anything. You so. succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So what do
0: we have to talk about
1: this time? Um, let me see. Well, since our last episode, there is peace in the Middle East. Uh, we have a m- base on the moon, and we actually are able to harness the full power of the sun, sunlight reaching the earth, and our energy crisis is over.
0: Wow, we've, like, generated a Dyson sphere
1: encapsulating soul. That's right, and people all over the world are living in harmony. I guess that's <laughs> a <laughs> podcast about. This is the podcast to introduce strife back into the world
0: awesome you know the first thing i'm going to do i am going to unleash angry coyotes so that you can fight them off
1: (laughs) yes and you know what i'm going to do i'm going to take all of your money and leave it in the bathroom of a cracker barrel (laughs) then i'm going to stuff you into a cracker barrel ouch yes i know so, well, okay. So enough of, the, enough of the small talk. You know what? People are tired of hearing our banter anyway. 98% of all... What, what? we have content or something? Yeah, so I was going to say 98% of all listeners have, dis- have spoken, and they have said that Tweaking Geek would be greatly improved if Craig and Pat did not speak on it. So, wow. So we're going to have, like, the John Cage episode of Tweaking Geek? That's right. We're going to have a Tweaking Geek where it's basically going to be you go into Audacity and you generate silence for 30 minutes and then go. And you know what? And we'll probably have, like, way more listeners. Yeah, it'll be a quick download at least. <laughs> that's right. We yeah, won't have to record at a particularly high bit rate. This time on Tweaking Geek,
0: interpretive
1: dance. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's good.
0: All right, So, so closely uh, related to interpretive dance – is blogging. That's right. And, and we've been out trolling the blogosphere. We have. Interesting things to write about, but we couldn't find many. So I would, found
1: one. I found okay, one. Okay, what would you get? I found... All right. So there's this blog that probably everybody knows. It's called MyExtralife.com. It's done by Scott Johnson. Uh, he does a podcast called Extra Life Radio. Guys, hilarious! All of his little cohorts are hilarious. he's, he's a web cartoonist. His cartoons great. It's just basically good. And the funny thing is, he uh, he blogs about seventy five times a day. So he there's like pretty much anything that interesting that happens on the internet goes to there, and he twitters it all. So uh, there was yeah, it, it is cool. It, very informational. Uh, although he kind of fills. I have to tell you something just real quick about Twitter that I hate it when people like write like 55 tweets in a row. Have you ever gotten that where you, you know, you follow some like kind of public figure or whatever and they tweet like 15 times in a row and it's like write a blog entry. Twitter is for like to tell like one little thing. Okay, I just had to say that. I, I, I follow Grammar Girl and she'll pretty much write like an entire grammar book on Twitter. And it's like just write like one entry. That would be like way more fun. Now you're ruining it for everybody. Okay. Yes, you're ruining it for everybody. Sorry, I know, because I, I, I'm using it correctly. Every, life would be a lot more fun if people did things correctly and conservatively. Okay. Um, no. So MyExtralife.com, dot great blog. He had a great uh, blog article that had to do, and it posed the question: Which do you think is more influential on technology, Star Wars or Star Trek? Which, if you think about it, it's actually a, a pretty big point of contention with people because t- there are two types of people in this world. There are three types of people. People who, l- who think Star Trek is the penultimate sci-fi. Pe- people who think Star Wars is the penultimate sci-fi. And then you have people who say, Star what? And then they go back to their trailer and eat canned beets. But
0: do you know what penultimate means?
1: Yes. It, it penultimate means, is oh, what does it mean? Did it I means it? next to last. <laughs> well, there you go. That is not when, true. Is that true? It is true.
0: <laughs> which is why I always loved anti penultimate because that means before the next to last. I'm like, it's like the most uninteresting position to talk about. Why would you be discussing the anti penultimate thing?
1: Oh, all right. Well, I'd have to say the l- final item. In it, the, ul- the ultimate the is the last. No. I, well, no. I penultimate is the second to last. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, good job at trying to sound smarter. I'm, I'm gonna say you failed.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the ultimate start. Well, no, but I, but ultimate. No, I meant I, I actually meant second to last because everybody knows that Stargate is the ultimate.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay.
1: Star Trek totally is penultimate. Good
0: job. Good recovery.
1: And so, therefore, Star Wars is the anti-penultimate.
0: What about Battlestar Galactica?
1: That would be. Um, very nice. The
0: pre-anti-penultimate.
1: <laughs> the the semi-anti-penultimate. <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Okay, so uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek. But we're not actually arguing Star Wars versus Star Trek, are we?
1: Well, no. All right, so this guy, Scott Johnson, basically, let me just give you a the, the, I'm going to give you the penultimate analysis of this, of this article,
0: and I'll give you the ultimate analysis. <laughs> Finish. That was, it.
1: that was my wrestler
0: voice, like ah, the ultimate
1: ah. Anyway. <laughs> it was like an, ah. All right, all right. So he he says basically he just he he posed this question, wanted a ton of comments, and I think sometimes blog comments are interesting to read, but this is like a pretty popular blog, so it's all kind of sycophantic people. Um. So he basically says that cell phones and portable computing are kind of be influenced by Star Trek, and robotics are um point to Star Wars. So there, that's his thing. You know, that was just like kind of his thought. But this, so he posed the question. So we're yeah, we're just like kind of going to talk about how did start. How do we? You know, just kind of like Star Star Trek compared with star wars not contrasted with star wars
0: right. in, in terms of influence on technology not in terms of like you know spock was a loser
1: yeah well the influence yeah influence on technology and just kind of you know could it have the influence on technology i don't know you, you saw could some- it have the
0: ultimate influence yeah Yeah.
1: all right okay. the wrestler must can,
0: can i do the rest of this in my wrestler voice
1: okay what so you want you want to do the wrestler voice again or just... I'm,
0: I'm, I'm going to use it for the rest of the show.
1: Rah! All right. If if I can use my... I don't know. Okay. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> okay. So here's some of the thoughts that I have. I, I had some just general thoughts on Star Trek and Star Wars as to, you know, they're... I don't know. So I, I was thinking Star Trek... Um, could it have? How? What kind? You know, the technology that it has. You know, how is it influence? And uh, one of the things I thought was, uh, for instance, all right. So the Star Star Trek history is all about, um, you know, the future of us, right? And so we, you know, we see like all this cool stuff that happens. But I don't think that I think that it, it's like it, it's totally living a lie because. In the star trek universe there's been there was like this major World War III three where like whatever percentage of the um, you know population of earth was killed and blah 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 et cetera et cetera et etc so i don 't think they in the twenty third or twenty fourth century they could possibly have the level of technology they do, so I think that asking how they influence our technology is like just you know it 's just not good well, there we you
0: go. don 't believe we 're going to invent
1: the warp drive in a Disused nuclear missile this century it's very unlikely yeah i i that, that was it I know that 's really not saying how did it influence technology. This is just more of like a technological discussion about Star Trek. I think that their level of technology is much too high for their time you know just that 's just my thought
0: but the you know the humans didn 't invent it all either right i mean they they stumbled across. Warp drive were discovered by the Federation and presumably gained a lot of their technology just from being in the Federation.
1: Yes, but I would have to say, if you ever watched Star Trek Enterprise, you would know that they did not; they were not. The Federation did not exist until the end of the series Enterprise. So, which I, I
0: didn't follow it all the way to the end.
1: Okay, sorry. so you obviously like fail.
0: No, Pat- about all about all I remember is the contamination scene that. Yeah.
1: Here I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna do an imitation of Pat. Golly, what is this? there, Star Trek? Let's yeah, get in the tractor, Paw. would
0: be like, Star Trek is the penultimate anti-mid.
1: Golly, Paw, can I borrow your Star Truck to take Mary Lou out this Saturday night?
0: That was bad.
1: <laughs> I just like using my Gomer voice. Alright, you talk? So, you talk okay. with the wrestler voice. I'll talk in the Gomer voice. All right, uh, let's call it truce.
0: No more voices. So in addition to being fantastically technologically advanced, they're also apparently like the perfect magical utopian Leninist communist like society of happiness. How so? Uh, They have no money. They talk about that a bunch of times. We don't need money. We pursue blah blah blah.
1: So what you're go, saying
0: Go go watch First Contact, Jean-Luc Picard goes through the whole.
1: So what you're saying is that in the world of Star Trek they're all poor. I guess so. Well,
0: they have replicators who needs money. Well, you just walk up to the replicator and you're like, replicator, filet now. You got
1: I don't know, but I I just I agree with you. I fully agree that I think it's a utopian impossibility that there it's very unlikely that uh, a society could ever go, you know, beyond um you know, it like could ever evolve past money because we all know that communism does not work, and that's really what it is. It's a form of communism. Everybody just takes what they need. People, nobody ever takes what they need. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm so pessimistic, but people take what they can grab. You know, all
0: right, cheerful Sally.
1: <laughs> that's right, but um. So and however, I have just something else to say about that, which kind of uh has to do with both things, where with the world of Star Trek. A lot of, you'll see a lot of their other cultures, for instance, the Ferengi or, uh, you know, whatever, millions of others, actually do have money. So, how does the Federation interact with them at all? Because, like, the Federation is like this Federation of Planets. So, I mean, Earth is apparently its own entity. So, if Earth doesn't have any money, how does it, like, it, you know, how does commerce exist? Well,
0: how many episodes did you see where they were, like, mediating trade disputes? So, uh, I, I don't know, maybe there's, like, a galactic barter network
1: yeah that just seems very low tech for Star Trek, so I know, it's
0: like I'll give you twenty three tons of dilithium crystals for eighteen tons of Folgers crystals. Let's see if they notice
1: <laughs> we We replace the Starship <laughs> Enterprise's dilithium crystals with with Folgers. Let's see if they notice <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: Yay. so uh, what what else here?
1: All right, well, we've talked only about Star Trek, and obviously Star Trek is good. But here's what I think. All right, how did, let's say, how does Star Wars uh, Im- impact our society and culture? Well, what we're, pretty much what we see in Star Wars, it says that this race of, or not race, this uh, class of warrior priests really should police the populace. And I know, that it's, it, it's ch- bad mojo. It really is. I mean, the Jedi, you know, yeah, they're awesome. But the fact of the matter is, they're divinely chosen, uh, you know, warrior priests. It's a theocracy. The, the, yeah. The,
0: the uh, sci-fi author David Brin, yeah, uh, who wrote The Postman and a bunch of other really cool books. Yeah. Um, he ripped into Star Wars for this, right? Because the first movie was awesome, right? It's like farmer boy discovers his you know secret talent and saves the galaxy, which is totally an awesome hero journey story. Excellent. And then after that, they're like, oh, but actually you had to be born to this. And frankly, about all you can ever decide to do is pick which cast of nobility you want to throw your lot in with and hope that they win.
1: <laughs> That's right. Which,
0: which is a really crappy message. Um, if I, now, I'm a total Star Wars geek. If you read the books, um, I actually this year finished the newest series, so it's like, the, it's like 40 years later. Yeah. Um, and actually, the citizens of the galaxy are pretty fed up with the Jedi. Yeah. Um, the jedi are powerful and they have a position of authority but the people are really sick of their like as far as they're concerned it's a religious schism between them and the sith and they just the r- average person doesn't care especially if it gets you know planets blown up
1: yeah I- exactly if you think about it when you you see like the sith and the warriors or you know the sith and the jedi uh they're all fighting but if like the when the when the uh, emperor ruled the galaxy generally what was probably the effect to like the regular person probably taxes went up that that was like probably it (laughs) you know well
0: actually in in the expanded universe uh the galaxy gets invaded and it turns out that was really what prompted the emperor's rise to power in the first place is that he saw the invasion coming and decided to pick a path of power to fight against it um and the galaxy might actually have done better if it had still had the Empire at that point.
1: Oh, so what you're saying is that once again the Jedi ruined everything. Pretty much. Well, so I think yeah. So I think we can say that how did how did the Jedi and infl- or the you know the Star Wars influence our culture? Um, well, not particularly well uh, because <laughs> it, you know it basically what they're saying is that you know they in- they influence us by bringing Stalin to power. Very good. Okay, next. <laughs> What's our next okay. analysis? Alright. Uh neither Star Trek nor Star Wars ever talks
0: about the middle class. Right? Interesting. Everyone is either a pauper, right, yeah. living on the fringes of society, yep. or they're you know, nobility of some stripe or another. You know, they're officers in Starfleet, or they're you know, rich fancy traders.
1: Yeah. Or they're like people living in caves on you know, whatever Omega Alpha six.
0: Yeah, so there's like I mean, there are no normal people in these.
1: I would say the only thing that I've ever seen that would indicate that there might be a middle class is uh, in the uh, Attack of the Clones, where you know where they're chasing the bounty hunter throughout, you know, and they go into like this bar, and so they're you know they're like kind of in downtown Coruscant, and there's like people in like the bar, or casino, or whatever, and it they were you know the people in there looked reasonably normal, i mean, you know they and look alien. like aliens
0: they're like playing Star Wars Madden on some Star Wars arcade game and i think there was a Walmart and a
1: Hooters that they flew by too <laughs> probably but i i it's but still yeah it like where's like the suburbs yeah exactly i agree i think you know and one thing about the middle class is that the middle class r- regardless of like you know you have all the rich people and you have all the poor people who who buys most of the stuff who drives innovation it's the middle class the middle class are the people with like kind of the most you know, you you know, income to spend. There aren't enough uh, rich people to really drive innovation, and the poor and the poor people. There are plenty of them, but they don't have enough money to drive it. So the middle class is what pushes it. So, you know, they haven't really told us much. They haven't really influenced us much, right?
0: So, right, so let let's let's bring up my
1: favorite drunken college debate:
0: Star Trek teleportation.
1: Ah, uh, yes. So wait, hold on, that, hold on. We need to enroll in college and get drunk before we can talk about this. Let's pretend we did. Okay, I'm so, so
0: wasted. I, I'm totally trash. So uh, I, they. So let me get this straight. They disassemble your little bits of atom, atomic matter. They replicate it in a pattern buffer, and then they like build a new you. You died. I'm sorry. You did. You, you died and a copy of you
1: a copy of you appeared and it's a soulless abomination.
0: <laughs> the only way it could still be you is if there is a soul, right? So you'd have to get totally
1: mystical for this to not kill you. Well, it it, it, would, it would right or to if you're yeah, exactly, I agree. It's I, I have I have tons and tons of problems with it. Also, let's see see this. You know, what what do they say something along the lines of um You know, each you know the DNA in each of your cells has as much information as the Library of Congress or whatever. I don't know. It's some gigantic amount. Well, how many? Not the the DNA in your cells. (laughs) No, it has enough as much information as the whole internet, and eighty-five percent of it is porn. No, (laughs) (laughs) no. Um, the the so basically, you have what a trillion cells, three trillion cells, something like that. So they haven't
0: counted lately.
1: So what they're saying is you have three trillion cells. Each cell contains as much information as either a hard drive or the Library of Congress. But regardless, it's like – and then you have to take all of these cells, and they're arranged in one of nearly infinite number of uh, permutations, or is it combinations. And so so basically the pattern buffer would basically need enough memory to fill the visible universe is what I posit.
0: The uh – the book Three Thousand One by Arthur C. Clarke, which I have read and was very good. I think it—he estimated there, and I'll assume he did some math so that I don't have to. But I think he estimated you're on the order of petabytes of information to molecularly reconstruct a human body. So that's that. I mean, that sounds reasonable, right? I mean, it's not too far from where we are.
1: I, I would bet that it's. I don't know. I, I may maybe, but that still seems like a small amount. Because I mean, just looking at the number of atoms you know i mean if you're doing this at an atomic level i mean there are you know nearly countless atoms of you know there's more than petabytes of atoms there's so, you know, so technologically it's crazy it's crazy, it, it's crazy. It, it, unless what the only way you could really do teleportation if star trek had had it where it opens some sort of wormhole where basically you have a receiver at one end and a receiver at the other, you know, a device at one end, and they they warp space and you walk through. That would so be
0: the, the way Star Trek has painted transporters. We agree, is technologically insane, and it kills you anyway.
1: That's right. You, you basically, it's technologically insane, and and uh, after it kills you, you're basically a soulless zombie, and you have an insatiable hunger for brains. All right, so screw transporters, man. Exactly. And I, I can I just say one thing about transporters? I never quite got this. And I, and everyone just, like, says, oh, it's just the way it is. Why is it, like, they have transporter rooms? You know, they're like, we have to go to, to the transporter room, when, in fact, they can beam people from, like, one place to another without them being in a transporter. What is the purpose of it? You know, it's well, maybe like...
0: maybe it's because the beaming from one point to another,
1: you beam through the transporter, so it's actually, like, beaming you twice. I don't know. They never maybe, but it's I guess, but it just then why don't they just do that? I mean, it's not like Dude, those transporter room's look. They didn't really look that cool. It looked like you know, like a telephone booth. Yeah. It's that's like sure. It's like, "Wow, this telephone booth is awesome. I'm going to I'm not going to bother with the cell phone if I could just use this phone booth." Right? Cuz then like Stargate,
0: they're just like beam from here to there. Pew pew.
1: Dumb. Yeah, exactly. I think that's good. I like it. All okay. Right.
0: The, so next, we hate transporters.
1: We do hate transport. I mean, I mean, I think it's a good idea, but I don't like things that kill me, so I don't want it. All right. Here's my favorite thing of Star Trek that I think is an interesting brand. I think it's scientifically, of anything else, I think this is probably where Star Trek, like, I think is, I don't know, the most promising. It's the whole, like, language thing. Um, you know how they have basically the idea of a universal translator? Which, first of all, I have to say, you know, they all like, oh, we have a universal translator. But, you know, you just see people kind of talking uh, to each other and hearing it in their own language or whatever. But if you think about it, really, everyone would have a universal translator. So you'd hear, blah, 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 blah. Bla. Hello, how are you? And then you hear, well, I, mean, bla, bla, I think, bla, bla, we're, we're Fine, how are you? There's
0: not much time lag and it maybe but filters out them talking.
1: I think if there wasn't much time lag, yeah, maybe that. But if there wasn't much time lag, then you'd just hear people like kind of talking over themselves. So yeah. I don't I don't know. I think that 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 part, just like the implementation, is kind of poor. I don't know. Maybe they have chips in their heads. But well, that, the, and I like I like the episode of Next Generation where they ran into the race
0: that speaks only in like literary references. <laughs> yeah, I know that was awesome.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, I mean, how how many weird variations like that would you find? I bet there'd be a lot.
1: Moses at the Red Sea, Pat.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, call me Ishmael.
1: <laughs> Nevermore. <laughs> no, right, so what I like the idea in enterprise. They kind of discuss. They talk about translation matrices and that sort of thing, where basically there's a mathematical language or a mathematical language for or method for describing language, so that you can basically. Translate things based on an algorithm, you know, ba- based on a few parameters, and I think that is very intriguing. I don't know if it, it may be completely impossible, and I've never, I have like, never.
0: I think that's the kind of thing linguists would try to find, and
1: yeah, I mean, languages are pretty mathematical anyway. Uh, if you look at it, English grammar, in of, in and of itself, is a very rigid language. You know, it, it's we kind of, you know, whatever. There's a, we kind of mess with it, but there, it has yeah. some pretty distinct rules.
0: English is like C++ where you've overridden every operator 16 different ways. Exactly. Yes, I agree. So, um... What are your thoughts on language?
1: Uh, wow. Uh, can I make, like, a typical Java slow joke? Um, I think you probably have said plenty already. You don't You need to make <laughs> a joke. Insert stupid Java joke here.
0: Okay. So you, so, you know it was a better, uh... You know what beats the Star Trek uh, translators? Uh-huh. The bab- The Babblefish. It's the only it's the only translator that was ever at least internally consistent. Not
1: necessarily. Uh, Farscape had translator microbes, which I think was just as cap- or just as improbable or probable as that, where you basically get it's like, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, they're microbes instead of a fish.
0: Yeah. See, they totally ripped off the babble fish.
1: True, but it's good. Rather than Stargate where just, like, everybody in other galaxies speak English, that's it. Right. Everyone <laughs> just speaks English.
0: <laughs> I exactly. Mean, actually, they and don't and even... Everyone everyone lives in these proto-Arthurian societies, too.
1: Yes, but, like, they don't even bother like trying to explain it. They just don't ever kind of address the language. Which is
0: really. hilarious when the first movie was predicated on their language barrier with the, like, proto-Egyptians.
1: Well, what happened is that the humans went to proto-Egypt and <laughs> taught them English, and then english is spread throughout the universe that's uh, true
0: maybe and, the, Gua- the guauld were right to kill the humans because they were spreading english everywhere and english sucks as a language
1: so what you're saying the guauld are uh, a metaphor for france and the speakers <laughs> are a metaphor for america well, they did surrender eventually <laughs> well i actually think they were just all killed but what who cares one way or the other right Right. Uh so in it, I just to, we, you know we've kind of left Star Trek or Star Wars out of this discussion. And in Star Wars there is just like typical language thing people some people are multilingual and then there's like just kind of a galactic I think the Coruscanti you know a lot of people speak kind of this lingua franca and uh you know that's that you know there are just like different languages, right? Yeah. All right, so um, I have to say one 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 last thing. I'm sorry. This language thing is just very fascinating to me. All right, we'll we'll just make it. We'll do a whole other episode on language, but in like five years, Babylon Five, English is like the language of like commerce in the in the galaxy, which is just kind of funny. It's like basically everybody speaks English. The end. You know, they like it's like you're going to deal with Earth, you're going to speak English, So, so they all do. Cool. I like it.
0: All right, so. Um what else what else we have here? Uh Star Trek is like all science, right? Yep. Even when there's like cool crazy stuff going on, they'll break a couple rules and then they'll keep it all like internally consistent, right? So they're like warp drive is this technology under these limitations and they leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, what uh, do you have any other good examples?
1: Um yeah, uh, l- uh the sci- like uh the Beta-Z telepathy. Uh, where, you know, these people are able to, you know, talk to each other via their mind, but it's, like, because of some gland. And uh, there was one episode of the original Star Trek where, uh, you know, they had people with, like, telekinesis, and they gave Spock telekinesis by giving him some serum. (laughs) So, you know, there we go. Exactly. Those are my examples. Do with them with what you wish.
0: All right. And then... Yeah, so as opposed to that, we have the mystical force that surrounds and permeates everything.
1: Yes, and, and their attempt at keeping it internally consistent is... Don't don't even... You're going to talk about midichlorians, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, I said it. Yeah, you did say it. So there is to basically say microscopic organisms help serve as a conduit between the mystical force that permeates universe and certain people. So, okay, so what you're saying is basically there's something that connects you to the magical force for it's like what is the force well it's like this magical thing it's magic i don't care everyone can argue oh it's something else no it's magic the end
0: yeah you know i didn't like the midichlorians because a theme in the original trilogy star wars movies was faith right yeah the faith in the force blah 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 blah. and then they're like oh but there are these I'm like well i can measure it now there's no faith Right, it's like, oh, I've got a high chlorian count. Sweet, I can like throw rocks around with my mind and like can. I don't. Know. I'd be a terrible Jedi, right? Because I'd be like using the Jedi mind trick whenever I farted. I'd be like, oh, that's gross, man. And you know, whoever i was with, be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even notice.
1: It was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I well, I, why don't they just like culture midi and just inject them into everybody?
0: That would be the like the Stargate Atlantis solution, right?
1: Yeah, give everyone the ATA gene. Yeah, okay. We're so uh, this, we're really sad about Stargate. We need to stop talking about I it. I know I was going to say this isn't really the Star Trek uh Star Wars uh, <laughs> uh comparison. This is really the let's talk about why Star Trek and Star Wars are worse than Stargate. So there's
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so in Star Wars like like in Star Trek the ships are very utilitarian. Yeah. In, in fact, they're so utilitarian that uh the Enterprise bridge design was evaluated as a United States Navy bridge design.
1: Yeah, uh, there you go.
0: Right, but in in like Star Wars, the ships look cool.
1: They do. Yeah, they and have Most of them
0: are totally impractical. Yeah. Uh, well, right, like my number if I had one beef about Star Wars science and well, stuff, it Let would me be- guess.
1: All of the the spaceships like are aerodynamic. <laughs>
0: Yeah, all the spaceships, not only are they aerodynamic, they fly like World War II fighter planes, which makes really awesome cinema, but it's stupid. Yeah. The only show that I ever saw get space combat right was Babylon 5, and people hated it. What about Battlestar I can, Galactica? Uh, I have not watched the new one. The old one was awful. It, the new one gets it right, also. It's basically. On the, on the old one, there's no way that a Viper could possibly have been maneuvering.
1: No, now you, you actually see the little uh, I don't know what you call it, like not ramjets but the little uh, thrusting things where you know where they do ha- they are aerodynamic because sometimes they fly into atmospheres so they do need wings but the uh, but they do when they're maneuvering around they're like little jets on the wings that and it makes perfect sense to have wings because then if you like fire off the the jets on the ends of the wings you'll have like more torque so you can like spin around faster but
0: yeah, are they are they inertial though.
1: Uh, oh, I think so. Who knows? I know because that's what
0: Babylon Five really got right. Is you'd have a ship flying along in a dogfight or something, and all of a sudden it would cut its main thruster, keep going in the same direction, but turn. And that's, I mean, that's what it would be like. In space, yeah, cause it's
1: yeah, that's what kind of what it is in Battlestar Galactica too. Yeah. So,
0: um, uh, Star Wars ships look awesome, very exciting battle scenes, but very unrealistic. And if you've ever played the games, you'll know that all their ships have a maximum speed, which is just idiotic. Well, there you go. Yeah, you don't have a maximum speed in space, right? You just keep accelerating as long as you want.
1: Right. Well, the only yeah. Well, you do have maximum speed, the speed of light, which we didn't actually talk about warp drive, but they both have. You know, uh, Star Wars has you know whatever light speed. What do they call it? Hyperspace. Hyperspace. They have hyperspace. hyperspace yep. Hyperspace. Star Trek has warp drive. Whatever. You know. It, it, who knows. The, it's like one of those things, does it exist? Well, you know, you can't travel faster than the speed of light. Everyone kind of agrees with that, and they just kind of find ways around it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you have pretty boring... I mean, if, if you stick with realistic spaceflight, you have 2001.
1: Yeah, exactly. All and right. So, which, yeah, it's, which is not that interesting. So here's
0: know. my favorite technological contrast. Okay. In, in Star Trek, they have like a team of highly skilled, highly trained engineers to keep a spaceship going. Yeah, in Star Wars, like a smuggler and a Wookiee have wrenches in the back, and they like tool on their hot rod.
1: Yep, that's true. So I, I mean, like,
0: like in Star Wars, you fully believe that like any idiot off the street is totally capable of repairing a faster-than-light
1: hyperdrive. Well, let me let me pose this uh, situation in on the planet nineteen seventy-two. It takes a team of skilled engineers to uh, work on a computer, but in the on, the on the planet of 2008, any schlub named Craig can uh, take a screwdriver out of the drawer and fix his computer. You know? And, yeah. You know, so
0: it's. I mean, it's a question, right? I mean, the Star Wars model is spaceships are cars. Yeah, exactly. They're, and they're no more special than cars. And in the Star Trek, they're a commodity. The world, they're like you know, military-grade vessels that it takes a team of, you know, graduate students
1: to, like, you know, turn on. Exactly. Interesting. All right, so, all right, well, let me, I agree, it's it's true. Let me, let me just say one thing. Uh, just, this is more Star Trek, how I hope they influence society. So, um, the, all the hulls of the ships in, uh, in uh, Star Trek are made out of, what is it, a... Tritanium. So basically, this new metal, this like new heavy heavy element that no one's ever heard of. I just wonder where they, where all of these new elements that they find fit into the periodic table. Because any new elements we find now are always highly radioactive. So I just wonder how that works. Um, There's somewhere right around unobtainium. Oh, I see. Or lymassium.
0: <laughs> yes, they're they're closely related to lymassium.
1: Okay. Um, well, I think. Have you know? All right, so all right, so what's your final verdict? Which, wh- which do you think is like kind of more reflective on today's society and technology, Star Wars or Star Trek? Based on what we've talked about,
0: I've got to say Star Trek.
1: Okay, um,
0: yeah, I mean, I w- How many things are influenced, right? PDAs and cell phones, and tablets and touchscreens. I mean, that's all very Star Trek. That's not the kind of stuff you saw in Star Wars.
1: I mean, did you ever see how much their graphics sucked? They did. Well, yes. And I think it's funny, up until recently, they all had CRT monitors, so. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, I think Star Wars is more influential. And the reason I think Star Wars is more influential is because most of the time, the, the leader of our planet is actually a very shady figure in, in a dark robe that's all, um, all wrinkled and gnarled because of a battle with a tiny green Jedi. Oh, see i think it's like it makes perfect sense it's that's like exactly like what's happening today so (laughs) you're like uh, that was the lamest thing i've ever heard wow it was very lame no no, obama wears a dark robe and he has two guys in big red lame (laughs) okay all right i'll stop all right i'm having fun i don't care about any of you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right uh. so speaking
0: oh god i don't even know what to say now you've killed me. speaking of lame jerk you are uh.
1: <laughs> speaking of lame it's lamest lamest of the lamest news of the week well pat so it's time for our lamest news of the uh Indeterminate time frame.
0: Yes, uh, I feel like I should crack out my re- last tarot about. Never mind. Okay. I kill-
1: okay. So, all right, uh, you go first. Uh, you you no. go. No, you, you go first okay. because ladies first. And since Laurie had a hand in this, then right. It's okay. It's
0: all about Laurie. You're not calling me a lady,
1: <laughs> Pat. You're a woman, but you ain't no lady. Ah. Uh. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Um. So my. Kind of lame news of the week is uh, an article that Laurie suggested we look into, and it's twelve stories of like bad things that happen when you defriend. True or stories. Bad things that happen that made someone defriend.
1: It, it was pre- it was pretty lame. It, it it was kind of fun.
0: Yeah, my my favorite was this the, number six in this article.
1: Yeah, It was a story about these like middle aged
0: women who turned into like junior high school clique girls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like. You defriended her, and she defriended her, and I'm going to defriend you, and you're you're not cool enough to be in my friends list, and blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, oh my god, I can't believe
1: that. it. Is, yeah, I agree. It, it, that was definitely an article about lame behavior.
0: Yeah, so it's a good article. It's interesting news, but the actual news that they are – like the content of the article is good and it's
1: well-written, but the news they're reporting about is totally lame. I agree. So it's an article about lame things. Cool. I can go with that. Alright, my lame news is not nearly as heady as that. Mine is uh, No about- pun intended. <laughs> right. It is so there was this uh this uh uh three day old baby that was born in Colorado Springs and it showed an MRI showed that it had a little tumor on its brain. So what they did is they operated on it and when they took it out you know what it was what was it it was a mass that contained a nearly perfect foot a part of another foot a hand and a thigh so basically this baby wow. yes that, i know that, like, that's gross but okay yeah there's like a thing called fetus in fetu which is where you know uh, if one twin absorbs the other one uh but you know during in the womb but the first one uh you know the the absorbed twin actually continues to develop inside. It it's been known to happen, and in some cases for years, and which is totally gross. Um, but so I think that this, this is just like I, I think it's just funny that I don't know. It was not really funny.
0: <laughs> you sick depraved human. No, but Why the baby just go kill an orphan.
1: No, but the baby's parents are dead.
0: I was hoping you'd go.
1: No. They, well, then the baby would be an orphan. Well, I mean, if you think about it, I don't know. I can't really come up with a thing. But so I just I don't know. This is this is like when I read it again, it just it seems like less lame than I thought. But it's still pretty lame. I mean, you know, it's it's just kind of lame news that they just like have like this. The, the headline is tumor in Colorado newborn's brain contained foot. Okay, wow. so that, I mean it's just like maybe it 's a lame headline <laughs> contain contained foot it didn't contain a foot, it just contained like the substance foot,
0: okay uh, you win barely <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: they were all lame yeah uh, it's a big pile of lameness it is, so I guess that's probably it you know we've we've geeked out about sci fi and We've geeked out about lame news. So, you know, what are you going to say, right?
0: Yeah. So I guess that's that's it for this episode. It would be. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: How can they get hold of us by phone?
0: They can call us at our Grand Central number. 678-999-6321.
1: Nine, nine,
0: nine, <laughs> Some wrestlers don't know. Uh,
1: or, numbers. golly, you can email us at TG at geek. <laughs> dot com that, that actually sounded wow. like a British a British trailer person I, yeah, I, wow so British trailer trash I'm
0: sorry to any British trailer residents who may be listening you can also check out our website at www.tweakinggeek.com slash podcast or find our Facebook group Tweaking Geek on Facebook Yay! as, as opposed to our Facebook
1: group on Google <laughs> our Google Facebook group <laughs> it's very important. All right, well, thank you for listening. <laughs> Pat, you are a soulless abomination. <laughs> Craig, you are a p- Wow, do I have to cuckoo that out? I Can we say p- um, apparently, you can <laughs> <laughs> I am going to retain my dignity we We prefer <laughs> a <laughs> a noggin. <laughs> <laughs>